we actually didn't have intercourse or anything and I had the most blissful experience that I've ever had and I was like okay then okay. <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah. that is like an electric light show you can do this just by yourself oh wow there is now time to now up level to the next stage of sexuality the conventional orgasm is like a quick fire but it burns out very fast if you have a blue flame it really? can burn eternally that's why the questions were so amazing because there are what i'm sensing is people already sensing into my field by the question that they are asking because they're even saying hey do i actually need to do this by myself am i doing this with someone else and so this is where the tantra tradition that i'm choosing which comes more from non-dual mm. or someone was talking about shamanism yeah. right yeah. That's exactly where I'm coming from. So that was exactly it. And then someone else asked, well, he looked into the traditions where you actually not having a partner. And that is up to you. That is anybody's choice. I'm offering you the possibility of working on your shadow, using your shadow to alchemize into more love. And mm -hmm. I can explain that a little bit more, how I see that. And then I'm inviting everybody to find out if that works for you. I can give you different ways of doing it. And then my passion is to do it with another person. And also be, it's, it's almost like the faster way. It's maybe the more difficult way, but it's the faster way because the other person is constantly mirroring to you your possible projection mm, okay. right and it's mirroring you your wound your core wound that we all have that we all came in here and so that person is you know usually like your parents the closest person that will trigger you the most so in that moment you know how we living relationships now is if you trigger me i want you to change i want you to go to the therapist and figure yourself out out. In the non-dual, I see the trigger as my issue that I have a possibility to alchemize. So I'm actually thanking you and then processing that with the meditation. So in that sense, the real Tantra, we can talk about, you know, where Tantra came on, especially in the 60s. And then a lot of what has happened since the 60s, the last 60 years, has very little to do with the real tradition. The real tradition as I see it, learned it, studied, and where I find the most juice in is to actually liberate myself with the other person that we both serving each other to God. Yeah, so that our that we finding our way back to the divinity and expressing that through the physical body. So it's again, it's all about alchemization. So that could mean practically, let's say I'm really triggered by you that reminds me to my mother for example but again my mother is also just another person that shows me what i came here to alchemize so it's not even about my mother it goes beyond in lineages and i'm choosing to stop that cycle that is my choice to stop the cycle of unlove and pain and therefore my mother and my ex-partners were my biggest teachers that they showed mm -hmm. me where I needed to grow. So I can say to you, hey, 
I feel really triggered right now and I'm really upset. I want to contract. And if I have this agreement with the other person, that other person might be there for me and hold me. But I'm going through my process. I'm not blaming. I'm not projecting. We have an agreement and I, my last marriage was like that, where we are there for each other and holding each other in love. But it's not about the other person. They have to do with whatever they have to work. So we are together because we want to open each other to love, to God, to the divine. And the other person is a real good partner for me if he or she can open me beyond what I can open myself. Mm. So the other person helps me to open me beyond that I can open myself. If Mm. the other person is just wanting the gratification for sex, they just want to have a great sex life, they Mm. just want to have, you know, all of that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not what particular interests me. Fast forwarding. So all the practices that are available and the understanding of that is that when you get to this point that another person is just there for you while you're going through pain, while you're going through your rejection or whatever it is, there is something opening in your body and all the defenses and the pain is actually melting away because the other person is there present with you and you both have the capacity or the resilience to be with that. And then it becomes an offering. I can be there. I'm being held while I'm going through this. And that's the alchemization. And it has a lot to do with being vulnerable you know, going through my deepest fears or insecurity while being witnessed by my intimate partner and while we are gazing into each other's eyes, possibly, which is sometimes the last thing I want to do because I want to hide and retrieve and someone else to change so I don't have to feel. But there's someone there, and in that moment, that gets alchemized. And I can only say it almost like dissolves. It's like an incense. It burns off, and the smoke, it's gone. Mm. And it can be very fast. I mean, it can be minutes. It can be seconds. And then the connection opened that I'm actually feeling much more deeper intimacy Mm with the other person that goes beyond the personality, the person identified with who I think I am. And it basically is your freedom. You freed yourself Mm. from that pain. You alchemize there's more love. And if we take that into quantum physics, whatever I'm emanating, my body is an energetic being. We have five layers. We have an electromagnetic field. We know that now. That that means I'm freer. I'm having more light. My obstructions, my contractions that are in my subtle energy bodies have loosened and more light prana can actually shine and i'm emanating more love and light and freedom to other people and therefore we are liberating each other by doing that so if i feel that expansion and i have that love because i'm i'm out of the protection and defense mechanisms then i'm going out in the world and you probably notice there's sometimes people you meet them and you like you just want to be around them You know, it just feels good to be around them. 
And we can have all that capacity. It doesn't have to be a guru. It doesn't have to be a teacher. It doesn't have to be a movie star. I mean, movie stars, the shining, you know, we often project our dreams, our feelings onto movie stars because they're living that out for us in a movie. Yeah, but they have a certain way of how they can transmit a character that you might want to be. That's exactly what a star or a bride is or even a movie star. They have their own problems in their own life, but they're also alchemizing a particular character for us that we are possibly mesmerized with or that gives us something that we want to be. So we all have that potential. And there is a great potential if we have each other and making love is obviously a very powerful way. In that way, making love is being a meditation. So I just leave you there because that brings a whole nother question into what I make a distinction between conventional orgasm and tantric orgasm. Mm. And that's exactly where that would go and where I'm sensing, having spoken to hundreds of people around that and men and women, where we're not willing to give up what I call the conventional orgasm and why. And that's where all that comes in. It is a practice and somebody say, oh, I don't want to practice anything. I just want to have pleasure. So that comes back to when I say The pleasure you can experience is once your body is opened up and once you are inhabiting the five bodies, the pleasure is beyond measure in comparison to the 20 seconds of regular Mm. orgasm. Even if you have a few of them, some people now learn to have multiple orgasms through also bypassing ejaculation. And it's still often done, not as a practice. And people just don't want that. You know, they just want pleasure and they're happy with that so that's great so if you are happy with that you're probably not interested in this right it's like if you say huh i'm curious i'm interested what's actually possible with the transmission you know if one of us actually goes in and does the work and is vulnerable and works on the shadow or the wound which is for me the same thing then it's for all of us You know, if one of us does the work and we are shining more, I'm giving you, you know, it's like you giving me, we're giving each other our light. So that's really what Tantra offers. And it's not excluding the body since we are in the body. It's actually making the body a vehicle of the divine. So when people refer to, I I keep seeing this term non-dual Tantra, is that what you mean? Yes, that's what I mean. Okay, I see yes. what you're saying. Like I said, that can happen with another person. Some people decide you can do all these practices by yourself. I did them by myself for months, right? Mm-hmm. That's the great thing. You don't need somebody to do these practices with. And some people, they're not in a relationship anyway right now, right? You can start right today. You know, nothing you do in the breast, all of that. And you can start it while you are in the relationship. Like I said earlier, it has more to do with you coming together because you want to open each other to your potential that you came here to be. So we're opening up through these practices to the potential and our unique gift, like you have found yours. Mm. (laughs) You know, for me, even the Tantra, you know that I started this interest when I was 17. I didn't even know what I was interested in, but I knew on an energetic level. I knew Mm. it probably even from my bliss body. I knew what I came here to do. I'm doing this for no other reason that I literally feel like there isn't that impulse that I call evolutionary impulse. Eros, yes. Eros, that that has brought me here sitting here with you today. 
I did all my other work that I always loved. You know, I've been a pediatric nurse. I'm, I'm a chef. I'm a coach. All of that. That was always there in the background, but the most important thing to me. Now being here and able to share this and give this to you is just delightful, right? That was always a red thread. What is your red thread? What is all our red thread? And can we support each other to dismantle and undo the contractions around the red thread so we can all be here what we want to do? So if you have a lover that wants to go on that journey with you, wonderful. And you don't need a lover, you can also do it by yourself. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I'd love to uh, talk about your thread because like, I don't know about it. And I think people are very interested because like, I was asking people about what I should ask you. And then I was talking to uh, someone from the store, Christian, he, he, he said that much of the new Tantra he's exposed to, it tries to distance itself from the lovemaking part. He, he talked about the Kash, Kashmiri Shaivism, which is he called non-dual Tantra. And then also like Tibetan Buddhist Tantra from like involving ground sessions at the store. So I was like, can, can you tell me like a bit about your personal lineage, like where your thread started and what makes it different from like these other kinds of Tantra? So there seemed to be a division. And I mentioned that earlier mm, because yeah. some traditions see the body as the lower energy. Yeah. They choose to not include lovemaking. Oh, because they see the body is lower. That is that why. It's lower and that the body is a hindrance also because our Mm. biology and because of hormones. Hormones make you do things that are that that have that animalistic tendency to procreate. We know what we talk about. It's biological. We have the urge. Women, when they're ovulating, they want to be basically impregnated. They want, you know, that is a biological urge. I worked with a lot of women 20, 25 years ago that were questioning why they had the children. They sometimes said, I wanted children, but only at a certain time of the month and then other times I didn't but the urge was so strong that I actually got pregnant that's called ovulation estrogen levels that your body literally wants that and afterwards you're thinking what was I thinking I worked with women to differentiate between my biological urge to want to procreate And then bringing my meditation, my spirit, those parts in my whole body, not just the biology. Mm, Okay, "Okay, do I want a third child? No, I don't. Women are only fertile once a month. That can make a difference if you have a child or not. And I worked with dozens of women on that. Mm. And you can start to learn the differentiation between this or to say, no, I really want to be a parent. I really want to bring another child into the world and Mm. learning to make that differentiation. So because of that urge, in a lot of traditions, they decided, okay, the body is the lower energy. We can't trust it. We can't control it. So we're taking it out, meaning we can't have sex. Mm. Because we all know once these hormones are going and you really activate them and you really arouse, there is that point at no return. We know what, yeah? So you have to have it, yeah? So so in these traditions, they see that as bad, which is dual. And they mm, see that as okay. bad. Said, okay, avoid that. It's ruining your spiritual practice. Stay on the path. Do the white tantra. Don't be intimate. And you get there faster. 
Mm. Oh, okay. If you talk about the red thread, I told you I was thinking of becoming a nun, which is exactly that. <laughs> I'm okay. kind of male nun right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly that. And deep down inside of me, I can only tell you I had a sense there was another way. There is another way. I didn't know what it was or anything. Then in India, I found the other way and I've been with people and received the transmission of the other way. You can make love, you can be aware of your biological urge, and you can have a spiritual practice with another and find your bliss, your divinity back through a two-body experience, not just a one-body experience. Mm. You speak about how like um, you could do this with a partner or you could do this by yourself. Like what are the different ways that someone who just do this tantric work with themselves and with their partner? And like, how, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual or anything. Yes. The practices that we're doing, you know, I will guide you through some breast practices you can do by yourself or you can do with a partner sitting opposite each other oh, okay. and only maybe touching at the knees. If you can sit cross-legged or on a chair, just touching the knees and you start doing the breath. And what is interesting about that is some people, they feel it instantly. It's just like an ignition. The fact that you're hearing this and you're doing it, some people are just ready because your body knows. Everything I'm saying, some people might say, oh, wow. For me, it was like a lot of things I've actually experienced in my early 30s that I had no words for. So I was curious to find out what was this experience? How did I even get there? I had no clue mm -hmm. that I would have these experiences with another person. We actually didn't have intercourse or anything. And I had the most blissful experience that I've ever had. Right. And I was like, okay, then. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I would like to know how am I going to do this versus it just happening at random. And obviously it had to do the man that I practiced with had practiced this for years and I haven't consciously but I could respond to the energetic dance. It's to me like a dance, mm, yeah? yeah? So that we listen to each other's bodies. We open each other's bodies that we can listen to the other body. And then it's like dancing, you being dance. If you mm, really dance, you're not doing some steps you learned and all that stuff. You just dance and you being danced. And it's like you being loved and you being loved and you be having love move through you. That means you can be sitting there with your partner and suddenly you feel, like I said, tingling or warm energy. Yeah. Or some people experience it as water, literally water. For me, it's more like this incredible tingling in my whole body, upper spine, but it ex expands at the heart. There's this incredible expansion at the heart that it feels like an overflowing, as an mm. overflowing of wanting to actually love you, but just the love that is innate love. Love, what we often associate with, love is who you are. Mm. It's like being love. It's not Ex getting We are love. love. Yes, yes. You yes. are love. You know, okay, they see. have measured now there is 0 0.1 hertz 
is the love that actually constantly emanates out of your heart. It's there, we being this, yeah? So mm. that's also going more in the quantum being of yourself. And then all the other stuff, it's human emotion and contractions that being actually opened through evolution or interest, through making love, that is why it's so powerful. But it's usually for most of us only lasts three to six months. And then it becomes a whole different experience. Once we start owning that and doing shadow work, sexual energy can very fast be your teacher, be your guide to basically bring you on your knees. And it's the ultimate, you know, once you bring meditation, it is the death of the ego. We talk surrender. Yeah. It's a surrender, but it's also giving up your persona, alchemizing all your pains that you will still have pains, but you deal with that in a different way. And for sure, not making your partner responsible for it because you both have that agreement wow we are supporting each other it's a cultivation of the love that's here all the time mm. it's like a pressing through bringing the love in and you can't force it and that's why the love making isn't in a relaxed state versus the conventional orgasm it's all about tension and mm. you get into tension and the release in tantric love making it's basically the opposite and you following the energy and you opening the challenge by where the contraction of the orgasm mm. is actually a closing down of all the energy centers in the body and coming back to the chakra it only stays coming back to the breath you not even most of us don't even breathe we're holding our breath the more we get contracted the more we get into the climax the more we contracting and we're holding and so the energy only moves in those first two energy centers there's no breath and that's where the lovemaking and the opening comes in the slow sex allows you to really have it rise up it's like a pressure cooker the regular orgasm and then you're dissipating it out versus if you do the slow sex and you're letting your whole body opens your system System opens the energy can move and you have all this energy moving up so and that's what uh, we're doing this so it's kind of like a, a it's a slow simmer as opposed to the pressure cooker just pop yes it's a slow simmer and there is a possibility that you have an orgasm in your third eye it's a pituitary gland mm. that is like an electric light show which is like much more potent than any contraction conventional orgasm mm. Yeah, there's a big movement happening now. Like there's a lot of polyamory going on. Everyone's like, oh, I'm enlightened. I'm I'm having I'm open to all these partners, but you feel like they're still in that same vein, like bypassing someone. I want to be really careful, even the word bypassing. Okay. Okay, you, yeah, know, okay. you know what I mean? That we really including all of this, the ones of us that are not interested in that, let's call it like that, that there is another level that is, I think, rising for quite a few of us that I was interested in since I was 17. So I felt like always as an outsider, even in the Tantra world, because people weren't so much interested in what I had to say, you know, or people didn't say, hey, but what about the shadow? But what really about that? Oh, we're not interested. So I feel I always didn't quite fit into the Tantra scene, but I kind of stuck with that because I had this powerful experience at the beginning of my thirties that I'm like, wow, 
this is possible. And like I said, this didn't even include in our course. And I had the most powerful experience that was more like a glimpse. And that glimpse led me to what I'd be most excited to share about. And I wanted to say about tantric sex, it basically means the weaving of expansion of energy, the expansion and waning. It's like the moon, the wave of energy. And it's a slow form of sex that is in increasing intimacy. I mean that on a subtle feeling sensual level and that creates a mind-body connection. So you have a mind-body-soul connection and that leads to powerful orgasms that are different from the what I call conventional orgasm that most people experiencing here in the West. Yeah. <laughs> That is very interesting. And like one thing that I'm very interested about, and I think maybe other people will be interested here is um, you talked about, I don't know if it's directly related to Tantra or just your personal like philosophy when it comes to marriage. Like, is there something, is there something uh, Tantric about marriage that makes it perhaps different than conventional marriages? Or was it, is it more your personal style or what would you say? Yeah, I want to give you what I have found and what works for me. So I always say whatever I'm saying, try it out if it works for you. I have no judgment on polyamorous, sex positive or whatever is mm. there. Everybody can choose for me. The idea about Tantra and marriage and basically you also talking monogamy, right? Yeah. There is one theory that if you actually practice with one partner in a committed monogamous relationship, you can go deeper because you're not diluting the energy. Okay, I see. I see. Okay, so that means I was in a 10-year committed relationship like that, and we did not have conventional agreements before we got together. The agreement, for example, was that one of us feels that this is over, then it's over. Right. It doesn't matter who that is and that we committed to this practice and committing to support each other to grow. My experience is if I would have another lover next to it, I can actually dilute my shadow by projecting onto the other person. Let's say I'm not getting something from my primary relationship, but I'm getting it from the second or the third that let's say I have. That means I'm actually not necessarily looking what is it I'm needing here or thinking I'm wanting that I'm actually needing to transcend that's actually coming from a wound. So the destruction is bigger. The honeymoon effect and the pink glasses coming down after six months, three months on average, that is all being diluted in my personal experience. So the other part, of course, is if you keep on doing that, we also have an issue possibly on safe sex. That's a whole nother issue where you then have to decide how do you take care of that? That's also another issue, right? There is also a school of thought that say you are in a primary relationship relationship, but you open to be with other partners in order to transcend jealousy. There is kind of the opposite of that, right? So you have also the chance with jealousy or ideas that you have that this one person belongs to you, husband, you know, or that you feel so safe with that person that you can open, but you also feel so safe that you can no longer grow. But where if you bring another partner in, that actually changes things that almost like you have to step up more. Mm -hmm. People have those experiences. 
So just to clarify, originally you said that maybe if you have multiple partners, each partner is basically like a dilution of the shadow. Like you're missing something or it's like the shadow is so strong that one strategy is like you're kind of managing it with different people and projecting on each person. What you yes, mean. exactly. Exactly. And if I stay with one person, it's actually in my face. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So okay. because I can't project it, I'm not diluting it. That's my personal experience. Hmm. And there is other ways to deal with jealousy that doesn't necessarily mean you can only deal with jealousy if you have multiple partners there's other ways to deal with that too and then where's that coming from is that coming from betrayal is that coming from being rejected even by your parents there's different ways that you can work with that so it's ultimately, we all have a disposition. It's an individual decision that we have to make. And whatever someone would decide, it's possible to work with. And these practices would work with whatever you choose to do. If you're polyamorous, you can still do these practices. It'd be interesting, you know, if you do these practices, you might suddenly decide you want to be monogamous or you might want to change. All right, awesome. I 